Freedom Friday. Here, our friend uh, Yael Lasowski with us from the Consumer Choice Center. Host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show. It airs uh, on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock uh, right here on the Big Talker FM. Advocating for uh, consumer choice across our country and all around the world uh, with uh, his staff over at the Consumer Choice Center. Yael, I know you got a chuckle out of uh, your intro music here this morning, given your run-in with the law last week. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of warned that uh, people were going to be some scoff laws on Thanksgiving, but I, I didn't think that would apply to me. Uh, but yeah, it seems as if uh, the the dead eyes of the law are set right on me and my household. So obviously, you know, a little bit of a different situation where you're located out, out in Vienna, Austria, across the pond uh, with the lockdowns and the restrictions uh, basically shut down uh, by and large uh, since uh, what prior to Thanksgiving and uh, take us through that Thanksgiving uh, you know, meal. I know that uh, we had talked offline here in that uh, you were getting ready to smoke a turkey. And next thing I know, you've got a picture of uh, the turkey smoker and uh, three police officers surrounding it in the courtyard of your apartment building. Yeah. And, and look, uh, just to give some context, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're a consumer org, and we might as well talk about the recipes and things that make it all go down. So the kind of southern barbecue, you know, that is very much famous in, in our part of the world in North Carolina, it's not really a big thing in many uh, many places across the world, certainly not in uh, European capitals. Uh, so I've been smoking meat here the last couple of months. It's been great. We've done July 4th. We've had plenty of uh, pulled pork. We've had, uh, you know, plenty of now turkey all kinds of meat that I've been able to throw it on there. And I thought, why not? We're going to do this normal Thanksgiving style. We were in uh, in outside of Charlotte for Thanksgiving last year. My dad was able to smoke up a beautiful turkey, beautiful bird, followed the whole process, putting it in the brine, putting all the uh, spices and things on there. I thought I'd try to do the same. Um, granted, I live in a, a large city uh, with many neighbors and uh, kind of a little apartment building behind me. But, hey, we got a backyard fired up the smoker, put on that nice maple wood. Uh, that is a favorite for, for different types of meat. Everything was going swimmingly. Uh, it's about an hour and a half in. It's time to go walk outside with my daughter and maybe check the meat. And all of a sudden, I got uh, the doorbell ringing and uh, three masked uh, police officers uh, ringing my doorbell. <laughs> and uh, it was at that moment that I knew exactly what was going on. This is a uh, I've had many uh, many people who've said they, they were going to call or many complaints from neighbors, but this is the first time that I actually uh, got that interaction. Uh, police came. My wife did most of the talking because she's the, the local ner uh, native, and uh, I'm not good at dealing with police officers in English. Uh, you don't want to see me in German. But uh, seeing uh, her trying to negotiate and explain what was happening, uh, once they saw what it actually was, you know, it wasn't like something burning, it wasn't a fire. It was actually like an awesome uh, smoked offset grill. Uh, they went back there. I know one officer took a peek of the bird. He said he loved it. And it was just an annoying neighbor, an annoying neighbor who didn't like that I was smoking the meat uh, basically one or three, you know, one or two times every couple of months and uh, got the police called on me. Luckily, no tickets, no citations, uh, just uh, some smiles and some grins under the masks of the police officers, and they, they bid us a, a hearty goodbye. So uh, quite a way to start off the Thanksgiving, but uh, turns out the bird turned out very, very good, nice and crispy, 
and uh, a good southern taste as well. So you're telling me you, you know you weren't throwing some big uh, you know frat party or or a rave, you know I know they're big uh, out in uh, Europe. Uh, you know you weren't throwing some techno bash. Uh, it was uh, you know just you, your wife and uh, what is it? Your 2-year-old and you were just minding your own business and uh, just wanted to cook up some Thanksgiving dinner, and you had the smoker out in the courtyard, and every once in a while you'll peek on, on it with uh, your child, and some Karen out there called the police on you. I mean, that's where we're at here in 2020. Yeah, of course, and of course it'd be an Austrian Karen, so it'd be a Karin or something, but I uh, <laughs> definitely got the police called on me. And look, I was checking the meat the entire time. Smoke wasn't too bad. Everyone who's ever done you know, their charcoal grill, they know they got to start off with a little bit of smoke that billows out, and then eventually you put on the nice clean wood. Uh, but hey, this is what's going to happen when you got neighbors. And uh, you know, the urban-rural divide, a lot of people moving around in different areas. And in, in the U.S., I can imagine, you know, is this a problem in Nashville? Is this a problem in Charlotte? Uh, I don't know. Is this happening in Raleigh and bigger cities where people are trying to fire up their smokers and getting complaints? I think most people are going to understand culturally what's happening. They don't need to call the fire department or the cops. But, yeah, quite a quite a beginning to this. But I guess I'm thankful for the, the ability to smoke some meat and then hop on the radio to talk about it with you, Joe. And good to see some discretion uh, from our law enforcement. Uh, could you imagine if, in fact, they came over and just kicked over your smoker and said, no turkey for you, uh, what that feeling would have been like? <laughs> Well, you know, we've got cameras set up here around the Ososki household, so uh, that would have been pretty viral pretty quick. Uh, I'd be a, another YouTube star. And with that said, I mean, you could have just set up uh, one of those uh, plastic igloos in the courtyard of your apartment complex and just carried the turkey right over to the igloo like they're doing in places like uh, the city of Charlotte. Igloo dining, now the new thing during COVID. Uh, your COVID pandemic pod wants to go out for dinner and we'll throw a plastic igloo over you while you're enjoying, uh, you know, the fine cuisine of uh, your most favorite restaurant. Uh, I mean, really igloo dining now is a new thing. I, and I've, I've loved, uh, all the pictures of these, you know, igloos and, and all, you know, these buildings that they're putting up. Uh, essentially in Portland, I know that, you know, outdoor dining is still allowed. So all these restaurants are just building into the street and just building, a new building so that people can eat outdoors, indoors, uh, indoors. You know how it goes. Uh, that stuff is fascinating, you know. And uh, let's also think about that, the word pod and, and what that means. You know, um, I, I'm sure you've talked about it before on the radio, Joe, but the idea that you have small groups of individuals and peoples and families, different households, they've kind of agreed that, you know, we're going to stick uh, to just this group. We're not going to meet any other outside people. Some people are actually teaching their kids this way when schools have been closed, doing a little bit of homeschooling. Um, you know, are we just going to have to live forever going pod to pod and uh, hanging out in our igloo things. I actually like these things. They look interesting. Um, I think I would just like to have one just on my body or on the outside, uh, much like Jude Law in uh, in the pandemic movie. But yeah, this is the kind of stuff that is is really the only way that entrepreneurs are really able to survive. And I I don't think down on any restaurant that's doing this. They're trying to follow the rules. They're trying to keep their customers safe. And, you know, if they got to build an igloo or if they got to build a, a shack or an outhouse to serve food in, I say all the power to them. We need clarity from our public officials. Uh, we don't need to go back and forth. And then all of a sudden, you know, tens of thousands of dollars wasted on some kind of contraption that people aren't even able to use. I mean, uh, who knows where all this stuff is going to go, uh, Joe, but I hope I can pick them up at a fire sale sometime in the future. 
Yael Asowski with the Consumer Choice Center with us. Uh, you can leave the bubble wrap at home for me. Uh, I want to play in the dirt and uh, maybe even eat it, too, once in a while. We can pull a uh, Beto uh, you know, out there in New Mexico, go out there and eat some uh, toad venom and uh, have a nice uh, mud pie sandwich uh, for dessert. Uh, that's, uh, that's my way of life, uh, Yael. I- I'm, rid- I'm done with these, uh, bu- the- these bubbles and the- these plastic igloos where I can go uh, on a street corner to eat a meal. Oh. I mean, well, you guys are out at the beach. You can actually go in the salt water and get, you know, hosed off and cleaned up pretty easily. But uh, those of us in landlocked areas don't necessarily have that convenience, Joe. Oh, I mean, there's something to be said about uh, living where y'all vacation. Yeah, Yelisowski with us uh, here this morning on the Big Talker FM, host of the Consumer Choice uh, Radio Show. Yeah, we heard earlier this week that the chairman of the FCC would be resigning his post after a couple of years serving under the Trump administration. I recall one of our first conversations surrounded the FCC. I think social media was also one of the very first discussions that you and I have had over the airwaves. And I seem to remember when, I think I'm old enough to remember when, you and I were talking about the FCC and all of the experts and the pundits out there, and the narrative was if uh, we allow uh, this man to become the chair of the FCC, the Internet would end as we know it. Yet here this morning, you and I are conducting a phone call uh, thousands of miles uh, from uh, apart from one another uh, on the internet uh, yet here we are today so uh, that prediction uh, the dire circumstance that uh, uh, we were going to be headed towards hasn't necessarily played out no and uh, it is thanks to uh, chairman ajit pai you know who's leaving the federal communications commission uh, the fcc who obviously regulates this program and also my my ham radio uh, where i <laughs> i have a license there too and you know i think i remember covering Everything with net neutrality during the Obama administration, I remember writing a lot of articles about it, and that was the huge push at the time to instill net neutrality, and uh, they're going to tell us everything was going to be okay. And then once it was repealed, uh, thanks to Ajit Pai and the FCC and the Trump administration, well, then it was a total shift in rhetoric. And I, I'm sure many of your listeners might remember a lot uh, online, on the internet, the, the hyper-woke of that era uh, we're all about the internet coming to an end. Everything's going to be paid toll lanes. Uh, your internet is going to be super complex. And everyone's going to have these strange boutique plans that are just going to be way too expensive. Everyone's going to be throttled down. You can't download anything. When, in fact, all the studies that we've had in the last couple of months, and, and we talked about this with Brendan Carr, who's another commissioner on our show, you know, the internet has actually never been faster in the United States. We've never had more speed. We've never had more connections. We've never actually had more competition. And in those areas where there is less competition, specifically when it comes to neighborhood broadband, most of the times that's actually local regulation or state rules that are limiting that. With everything having to do with net neutrality, you know, it's just the idea that you're going to allow the internet to remain free, that you don't need to have this kind of uh, uber lord government body overseeing how things are connected or even content, which is where we don't want to go. Uh, we don't want to go in that that kind of ream at all and instead have things controlled by FTC, just normal business practices. As long as people are doing things that are above board, we're not going to try to crack down on anything. I think ending net neutrality or the idea of net neutrality that every single piece of data, every single bit uh, should be treated exactly the same no matter what it is, 
in a way that has has been this kind of terrible government control that thankfully we're able to get rid of. Uh, we haven't seen the the sky fall. The internet has been great, and we're seeing that the prices come down even more. And there's actually so many more options out there that are available to people. I mean, I just use things like Google Fi, uh, which is obviously a cell provider, but that's connecting to the internet and all the other packages. I mean, all the different types of great competitive services that we're able to get thanks to the eradication of net neutrality, uh, it means that we've reclaimed the internet in a certain way. So that's definitely a great legacy uh, for Chairman Ajit Pai. I bid him adieu in uh, all of his work, and, and hopefully we'll keep fighting this fight because no doubt, Joe, this is something that we'll probably be talking about again uh, in a couple of months when many of the Obama admin or sorry, the <coughs> Joe Biden administration folks get their keys and and start open up uh, a lot of the governmental offices. Yeah, yeah. As we wrap up our conversation this morning, uh, what do you make uh, of uh, some of our uh, back here in the states uh, from uh, places like uh, Los Angeles uh, all the way to uh, well here in Wilmington and elsewhere across our country uh, up into uh, New York City? What do you make of uh, more and more uh, business owners, particularly uh, in the restaurant industry, as uh, many governors uh, are putting down uh, tougher restrictions, in fact, uh, closing uh, dining, uh, whether it be indoor or outdoor, depending on what state you're in. Uh, what do you make of uh, some of these uh, business owners, uh, particularly bar and restaurant owners, uh, blatantly and now publicly uh, avoiding and uh, defying these orders that are being put in place uh, based on the latest restrictions uh, that are being levied on uh, we the people. Yeah, I think uh, I'm all for civil disobedience, and I know uh, many people might uh, stand askew at that comment, but you know, all of these business owners, they have all the plans, that, just like we talked about earlier, they have plans to keep their customers safe, to keep them healthy, to make sure no one's being contaminated on site. They have all of this, and they want the responsibility to be able to do so so they can keep their businesses open. Instead, uh, many governors, mayors, uh, people in, in, I mean, entire countries are being locked down now because they think people cannot be trusted. People are going to assemble in bars. They're not going to have any kind of protective anything. I, I think it's interesting to see that those people rising up. Uh, my co-host David and I on our program, uh, we'll be discussing that in, in Toronto. There's actually a guy who runs a barbecue joint. It seems like barbecue is always getting people into trouble. Uh, he actually gets arrested. Uh, it's a whole scene with the police. They've got something like 30 police officers. Uh, that's going on in Toronto, Ontario. I tell you, uh, it's good to see this. You know, there's there's different ways that, that we can handle this pandemic. I think trying to force businesses to close has probably been wrong. And we're learning more and more. There are actually more studies coming in about how many people have been catching it at restaurants or many of these establishments. And it's actually an incredibly low number. Uh, so there's there's going to be a lot of thinking. And who knows, maybe in six months we'll be talking about this again. And uh, some people will be resigning in shame or they'll just continue on as ever. So uh, hopefully we can keep them accountable, Joe, make sure that people can get the services and the things that they want. And we can keep everybody safe, healthy, and we have a little bit of measure of responsibility rather than using the worst of our government policy to try to police people. Let me ask you, was I being a little too far-fetched, uh, sarcastic, or you know, uh, extremely truthful in uh, my uh, overview of watching the Rockefeller tree lighting celebration the other day in the island of Manhattan as hundreds of protesters on a different island in a different borough of New York City coming together in support of a business owner who was taken out in handcuffs and uh, said, you know what, pull my liquor license, I'm just going to give away all my booze. 
uh, for donations in an autonomous zone. Was I, uh, you know, again, being tongue in cheek, serious or, you know, somewhere in the middle of uh, describing my view through the television as maybe a Hunger Games type of flashback to watch the elites from NBC and the entertainment industry do what they do on the empty island of Manhattan as the protesters in Sector 4 were uh, causing a rift uh, with uh, law enforcement for breaking the rules. Well, I hope this isn't too philosophical for your program, Joe, but, you know, most of these borders and, and much authority, you know, this is not something that's written in the stars. M much of it is there because we submit to it, uh, because we live in these societies, because they're supposed to grant us protection. Uh, but look, there's a reason that uh, people do rise up, people do protest, people do things that uh, governments don't like. It's because they don't like what governments are doing. And uh, time and time again, if people have to take to the streets, if they have to come up with creative ways uh, to try to buck the trend, uh, I say all the better. Uh, we always want to make sure it's peaceful, but I, I like the idea of a booze kitchen uh, where anybody can come up and get their fix. No one's breaking any rules. Everything is fine, and that you can get your shot of whiskey to get you through uh, the cold winter months. So I very much like that. I think you're on the money, Joe. It's fine. I, I know uh, uh, much of the Chaz talk that we discussed earlier earlier this year probably caught a lot of people off guard, but... Hey, man, uh, autonomous zones, uh, you know, pirate radio. I mean, talk radio is a huge bastion for this kind of freedom talk. So you just keep on trucking, Joe. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, as the one Staten Islander put it so uh, blatantly, and we'll use the uh, you know, PG version of uh, what he said. Hey, if you can go to Home Goods and buy a porcelain, uh, you know, bunny uh, for the mantle at your house, why can't this guy sell a burger and a beer? Uh, I think at the end of the day, you break it down that simply and uh, – it just uh, kind of makes you kind of stare into the sky and wonder if uh, we are in the twilight zone or not. Definitely. I mean, it, we're living in a totally different reality where commerce is now being essentially ruled illegal. And we'll see how what happens when all this goes to the courts. You know, this ain't done. And every time that we've seen any of these emergency declarations or laws go up between courts, uh, they've actually been striking a lot of things down, including the Supreme Court. Uh, so we'll see. I, I think our American system is very unique in how it treats individual liberties and rights. And uh, we'll see how they treat many of these governmental and gubernatorial orders uh, that have been waged upon uh, many individual citizens, too. Yael Lasowski is host of the Consumer Choice Radio Show. It airs at 10 a.m. Saturdays here on the Big Talker FM. The global grassroots movement for consumer choice, uh, consumerchoicecenter.org is the, their website. Uh, Yael, it's always a pleasure. We'll catch up again next week. All right, Joe. Until then. Great to catch up uh, with our friend Yael Lasowski and to see that he made it out on the other end of uh, his Thanksgiving run-in uh, with the law over a smoked turkey in his apartment complex uh, courtyard. We're nine minutes in front of the hour. Uh, thanks to Yael for joining us every Friday here on The Big Talker, 106.7 FM. <laughs>